So here we are on the back half of the Ron Show for Runoff, Election Tuesday, December 6, 2022. And I'm telling you, as I tape this, it's literally just an hour before this goes live on the America One Radio app and at AmericaOneRadio.com. I'm your host, Ron Roberts, by the way. I'm looking outside my balcony here in Old Fourth Ward, and I face Buckhead skyline and the downtown skyline. I can see the Bank of America Plaza most days. Today, I cannot. It is pea soup, foggy, thick out there. It's not comfortable to be standing in line uh, to wait to vote. What is it right now? 57 and drizzly. Miserable. That's the bad news. The good news? There are no waits, apparently, according to Fulton County's uh, ARCGIS.com link. I'm seeing all 249 Fulton County locations with wait times of less than 30 minutes. That means you more than likely can get into the building and not have to stand out in the elements to vote. All right. If that's not enough uh, for you to be compelled to stop on your way home if you haven't already voted, I mean, a lot of folks in uh, Fulton, Gwinnett, Cobb, uh, Henry County, Clayton County, DeKalb, all voted early. But if you need just that last little oomph to make sure this happens, don't feel like this is in the bag because the early vote numbers were great. And they were really good considering that we had literally just a handful of days to vote. I'm going to read for you again a thread from uh, Mark Green. Uh, you can follow him on Twitter at Remaking Manhood. Why 51 matters. He starts, here's one huge reason why re-electing Raphael Warnock and getting 51 seats for Democrats in the Senate is so important now that Republicans control the House. At 50-50, Dems still control the Senate, but under a power-sharing agreement with Republicans. Without Warnock, the Senate is again at 50-50. The Senate power-sharing agreement means no committee can subpoena witnesses without the agreement of both parties, which means no subpoena power at all for Senate Dems. And let me stop right here. With the January 6th investigation obviously going to come to a conclusion, like it or not, with the House taking over, the Senate could, by the way, pick up that investigation from there if they'd like. Uh, Anyway, meanwhile, in the House GOP, we'll be subpoenaing everyone, Mark writes. When we re-elect Warnock, the Senate becomes a 49-51 in favor of Dems, and the power-sharing agreement goes away. Now Senate Dems will fully control committee and be able to subpoena witnesses, investigate January 6th, there he goes, counter GOP witch hunts in the House, conduct full investigations. The ability to call witnesses to testify under oath will be crucial to fighting GOP House attacks on our democracy. There is a similar tweet thread from Dante Adkins, at Dante Adkins. He covers a lot of the same stuff in the first few, but here we go. The Senate is a gerontocracy. These guys are not healthy a lot of the time or not present a lot of the time. We could have a death in a state with a Republican governor. A lot of things could happen. 5149 versus 5050 means you can have up to two absences or no's. A 5149 majority means that VP Harris won't be required to be in D.C. to babysit the Senate all the time and can actually be a much more effective VP who can be deployed for both policy and campaigning. You know what? As an aside, I have to say that that, that's kind of an under-heralded point, something that needs to be said more often. There's been a lot of guff, and even on the left, about the role VP Harris has played these first two years while Dark Brandon gets a lot of credit. 
without VP Harris there to break that logjam in the Senate, a lot of Joe Biden's agenda doesn't get passed. But at the same time, now for the next two years, she can be out on the trail. She can be out doing the photo ops and appearances and giving the speeches and setting herself up. And if there's not going to be a Biden-Harris 2024, set up the table for a 2024 run for her or whomever else is going to be running to take the mantle from there. Okay. Uh, Dante Adkins continues. So the upshot, it worked for Warnock just as hard as you could if you thought that Schumer's gavel depended on it, because as far as you know, at some point in the next two years, it very well could. Great points. The folks at uh, What Biden Has Done on Twitter. <clears throat> you can follow them at What46 Has Done. Uh, right now, with a tied Senate, we govern with a power share agreement, blah, 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 blah. This gives them a lot of power to mess things up because they can do two things. With a tied vote in committee, they can force a discharge position, which is an extra vote that takes up floor time. Number two, go nuclear and boycott committees preventing votes from happening. Number two isn't theoretical. They have done it a couple of times this Congress, including to block a federal judiciary pick. They would absolutely use it again in a major situation, such as to prevent a Supreme Court replacement for a conservative judge. 51 senators gives Dems the majority on committees, and they lose the power to do any of those things. Next up is it allows for absences. We covered that before. Senate requires voting in person. This Congress, if any senator is absent, Dems can't vote on party line stuff. This happened a lot this year, especially with COVID. And can I just point out that the final vote for the uh, marriage law that the president just signed that protects same-sex marriages and uh, even interracial marriages, actually, Senator Warnock wasn't in D.C. to vote for that, wasn't needed to vote for it, thankfully. He got to stay on the campaign trail because there were enough Republicans crossing uh, the aisle to vote with Democrats on that measure. But... What if there were no Democrats to vote on that, or no Republicans who would cross the aisle to vote on that measure? Then Warnock would have had to have left the campaign trail, flown back to Washington, and voted for it. And I, I had somebody on Twitter uh, tangle with me once saying, oh, well, he's not really an ally of the LGBTQ+. No, he, he made a conscious choice, and his party whip, his, his party leadership told him, no, you, you need to be on the campaign trail. We've got this. We've got the votes. That's not that... You know, Raphael Warnock is somehow anti-gay. He was actually there for the cloture vote to make sure that it would bypass a filibuster. So he was vital in making sure that same-sex marriages and interracial marriages were protected. Uh, okay, what 46 has done continues. Lastly, it does protect against a rogue vote. Cinema and Manchin were very good in judges this year. They supported every one of President Biden's nominees, including the ones that got passed on a party-line vote. But past performance doesn't indicate future results. If Manchin decides to run again, he's going to want to be able to show some independence. He honestly would prefer 51 senators because then he can vote against more nominees, and they still get confirmed. At 50, he's going to have to make hard choices, and I'd rather avoid it. Of course, 51 matters for more than just this Congress. Senators serve for six years. That means that the 118th, 19th, and 20th Congresses will have the winner of this election serving. We are still paying for mistakes made in 2018 and 2020 Senate. Let's not do the same here. So the Georgia runoff is still of critical importance 
can't get complacent. If you're able, please donate, blah, 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 blah. Also, I'm not the wish harm or ill will on anyone type, but it has to be pointed out that the two oldest Supreme Court justices on the court are Clarence Thomas, 74 years plus old, and Samuel Alito, 72 plus years old. Uh, let's see, beyond them, you got Sotomayor and Justice Roberts, who are both 68 and 67 years of age, right behind them. So, three of the four older justices on the Supreme Court are conservatives. And you want to make sure that President Biden, for the next two years, should a vacancy or vacancies come to fruition, for whatever reason, retirement or otherwise, a not-deadlocked Senate, as we pointed out from reading some prior tweet threads, a not-deadlocked U.S. Senate can get a justice or justices confirmed without any of that goofy Moscow Mitch, well, we're an election cycle. President is up for re-election. Nonsense. That's a pretty good impersonation, right? I'm sitting here kind of marveled myself at how well that turned out. Anyway, the point is, if we get a Supreme Court justice vacancy in the next two years, or more than one, then Joe Biden has a clear path to appointing whomever he wants and making sure that there is a Senate vote for that appointment. All of that is really what's important and what's at stake today in the results of the very election that we are dodging fog and raindrops today to participate in. By the way, uh, this little nugget I saw earlier today, Georgia Secretary of State's COO Gabriel Sterling said that the Secretary of State's office believes there should be a conversation about the future of runoff elections in Georgia. Quote, if we polled Georgians and they had the choice between a nine-week runoff, four-week runoff, and no runoff, I have a pretty good idea where that's going to land, Sterling said. Yes, ranked choice, right? I mean, if you explain what ranked choice is to folks and tell them, because of ranked choice, there'd be no runoff. There'd be no additional four weeks of commercials or nine weeks of commercials or extra commercials after election day period because of ranked choice. I have to believe that the majority of Georgians, Americans period, would agree with that. And there are those who would say, well, we probably would have wound up with a Senator Chase Oliver. Nah, nah. Exit polling showed that Chase Oliver's voters overwhelmingly, I think it was like by a two-to-one margin, supported Raphael Warnock. So more of his voters would have gone to Warnock. Yeah, that's, that would have ended it right then and there. We'd have had no runoff. Instead, here we are four weeks later, more TV ads, more text messages and phone calls and robocalls and, oh my God, those mailers, <laughs> those scary mailers, those demonic red mailers from the right. Oh my gosh. Um, clogging our, you know, mailbox, uh, garbage cans. Let's be honest. It's going right into garbage. Uh, I mean, ranked choice just makes a whole lot of sense, does it not? 
Okay, for those who are wondering, how would ranked choice work? All right, so in a case where you have, say, or in this case, sort of an easy explanation, you had three candidates on the ballot, right? And in case you had nobody who hit the 50% plus one voter threshold, which is what it takes to win the seat outright, we'd have had, um, well, we'd have had Warnock and Walker. And the person who finished in third wouldn't have been on the next wave of votes. What happens then is when you go in to vote, you rank your choices. And in those cases, you would have chosen, say, say you would have chosen uh, Chase Oliver and then Raphael Warnock would have been your second choice. Since your first choice, Chase Oliver, didn't make the runoff, your second choice becomes a vote. Do you see what I'm saying? And that's why I, I want to remember correctly. You know, in fact, let me just look it up real quick so that I don't misstate what I'm saying. I want to say that Chase Oliver's folks... Oliver voters exit poll. I want to say Chase Oliver's voters were overwhelmingly in support of Raphael Warnock. So I actually can't find that data. But for some reason, I remembered reading that in an exit poll. But uh, maybe I dreamt it. I don't know. Nonetheless, that's how ranked choice voting would work. Uh, As it played out in Alaska, both in the congressional special election and then again in the congressional midterm election, that's why we don't have a representative, Sarah Palin, from the great state of Alaska. Thank God. All right, as we're drawing down to the closing hours of this midterm election runoff, we are still seeing in Fulton County. Uh, All 249 polling precincts reporting less than 30-minute wait. That is great news. All right. Final segment of the Ron Show for this runoff election Tuesday after this. On the America One Radio app and at AmericaOneRadio.com. Follow us on Twitter at RonShowATL. Call the show if you'd like, 404-919-2725. And we're back after this on America One. Listen, it's no secret that the housing market is in fluctuation right now. We went through an intense seller's market for a little more than 18 months not just in metro Atlanta, but throughout the United States and the state of Georgia, obviously. So now things are cooling off a little bit. Interest rates are going up. Buyers are a little more tentative. What does that mean for you if you are looking to still kind of cash in on the equity you've grown over the last few years and potentially selling your home? Well, it means that you have to hire a savvy, smart realtor, someone who knows the negotiating game and how to market your home professionally. Guess what? That's me. That's right. Not only am I the Rancho host, but I'm also a realtor with EXP Realty. Anyone with a few hundred dollars and a few weeks to get a license can list your home. It takes someone with decades of marketing experience to market your home and get it sold at top dollar. Call me. Let's discuss your options. 843-283-0078 or log on at rononthereal.com. My email address, ron at rononthereal.com. Georgia MLS 396-720. Hear kids about the dangers of vaping can be hard. Getting them to listen to hot gossip is easy. So here's some drama you could share with your kid. Dude, did you hear about Cassie and Jake? No, but did you hear that vaping can cause irreversible lung damage and nicotine affects brain development? (gasps) Nuh-uh. You don't need to gossip if you want to have an open conversation about vaping. So if you want to get tips on when and how to talk to your kids, visit talkaboutvaping.org. Brought to you by the American Lung Association and the Ad Council. I invite you to show your support for this show. If you own or manage a business that could benefit from partnering with Atlanta's only liberal progressive talk outlet, you can do that and support America One Radio and The Ron Show. We have absurdly affordable advertising packages, and you'll have yours truly working with you to craft your messaging and produce your advertising or pitch your product myself if necessary. 
Plus, with our social media outreach, we can bring more attention to your support of this show and America One Radio. Find out more by emailing me at theronshowatl at gmail.com or call me direct at 843-283-0078.